Welcome to the Disciples Dialogue, where believers celebrate their commonalities, share their testimonies, and edify the body of Christ. Each episode contains healthy conversations between Brother Jill and a guest speaker. Thanks for joining the Disciples Dialogue. Praise the Lord, everyone. Welcome back to the Disciples Dialogue. Thank you so much for joining me again. I am so excited to have with me uh, a, a, a new friend of mine who I am so excited to have and, and so excited to have the opportunity to speak with. Uh, you would know him as the host of Kingdom Speak podcast. He is the senior pastor at FWC in Plaster Rock, New Brunswick, Canada. Pastor Daniel McKillop, welcome to the Disciples Dialogue. Wow, thank you, Brother Teal, uh, for this opportunity to be joining you. And I just want to say that whoever is doing your intros, <laughs> if, if if I could hire them out, I might be able to fire my co-host. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Hudson will be glad to hear that. <laughs> that is a great intro. Oh, thank you so much. Thank you. Yes. My absolutely. my my nine year old son, he um he wants to be involved in the kingdom work and so I believe if we don't use them, we will lose them. And so I'm I'm putting him to work. Absolutely. Hey man, one absolutely. day he'll be taking my place here and doing all the interviews and I'll be the sound guy in the background that nobody hears from anymore. <laughs> that won't take long, I yes, promise sir. you. <laughs> yes, sir. Yes, sir. Uh, Pastor McKillop, thank you so much again for coming. And uh, I know as busy as you are uh, with with ministry and your family and, and for you to take the time out of your schedule to uh, come to a smaller channel like ours, um, relatively new, only six months old, it really means a lot that you would do that. And, and we are grateful and very excited for this time. And so, uh, again, thank you so much. Well, I appreciate the opportunity, and I definitely admire what you're doing. Uh, we were we were talking a few moments before the the show about the importance of podcasting. I, I think that it's been overdue for the uh, apostolic world to stake some claim yes. in in the genre of podcasting. So. Congratulations on what you're doing, um, and you're doing it with excellence. So it, it's an honor to be with you today. Thank you so much. So uh, a couple of things that I'll, I'll make mention of before we dive into our our subject matter tonight uh, is I don't know of anyone personally that um, that I'm close to who doesn't know about Kingdom Speak. Uh, but if you have not heard of Kingdom Speak, uh, then then you should move out from under the rock and and <laughs> you should go uh, subscribe. Uh, it is the, in my opinion, uh, it is the greatest apostolic podcast uh, out there today. I am a fan. I, I cannot wait every time that an episode drops. I, my family's listening. My church family is listening. We talk about it. It's uh, what you guys are doing there in Canada and New Brunswick uh, is is far-reaching and and is making an impact not just uh it's not just content that i enjoy listening to although i do it is 
it's impacting my ministry. It's impacting me as a husband, as a father, um, teaching me. And, and so um, go listen to Kingdom Speak podcast. You will be greatly, richly blessed by that. So um, I've got Pastor McKillop with me, and again, it's such an honor, and I want to be respectful of your time. Uh, and I've, I've brought you on tonight to dive a little deeper into a, a question that on the surface doesn't seem very interesting, but I believe that there's more than meets the eye on the surface. And the question comes from David's psalm in chapter number 8, Psalm 8, 3, and 4, if I could read these scriptures and, uh, and then let you take the wheel. Um, Absolutely. The scripture says, When I consider thy heavens, the work of thy fingers, the moon and the stars which thou hast ordained, what is man that thou art mindful of him, and the son of man that thou visitest him? And so when I read this uh, recently, a couple of months ago, this, this question just jumped off the pages at me. What is man? And I began to ponder our relationship with God and, and, and all the many facets of this. And so, yes. Pastor McKillop, when you think about this, what is man? What role do we play in the grand scheme of things? Uh, what comes to your mind? What a, what a, what a question uh, that really only the psalmist uh, it, from his unique perspective would have the ability to put pen to paper with. Yes. yes. What, how often do we do we ask questions like that? Right. And as you said, it, it's uh, it can be both simple yet probing at the same time. And I'm sure you've heard the the statement that in order to get the right answers, you have to ask the right questions. Yes, yes. Uh, if you ask the wrong questions, you never get to the right conclusions. Mm, mm-hmm. And I think this is this is a very pertinent question. What is man? Yeah. Uh, if if I may be a bit humorous, um, I think. Have you ever heard of Matt Walsh? Yes. Yes. Okay, so he's posing the question, what is woman? Right, he is. <laughs> so uh, I don't know if we can tag him and go viral <laughs> off of this. but Maybe. Um, what What is man? I'm, I don't know the answer to that. I'm not a biologist. Right. That how am I supposed to answer that? <laughs> uh, maybe scripturally. <laughs> <laughs> what is man is a pertinent question. Yeah. yeah. And I think it leads into another discussion maybe as a as a derivative of it that when you really distill this down we're speaking of identity in general mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and i think we see um we see an erosion and a confusion of identity in our generation because they don't know the answer to this question yeah so true what is man yeah uh, and so I personally am a fan of the book of Genesis. Yes. Uh, Genesis, to me, if I have a favorite uh, 
book of the Bible. I, I, I guess Genesis would be it. Mm-hmm. I think it covers a, a span of somewhere around 2,800 years of, of history. Mm-hmm. So I think it's the only book in the Bible that really spans such a broad spectrum mm-hmm. of, of human history. And I think to answer that question, what is man, we have to go back to the beginning. There you go. Because it's 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 kind of like having a discussion on, on what is marriage. We we can't have that discussion based on today's metrics mm-hmm. of defining it. Right. We have to go back to the beginning to get that authentic uh, point of reference for what is man. Yes. And so man and we we know the story of creation mm-hmm. but but god god speaks and says let let us make man yes in our image mm-hmm. and then he says by extension male and female created he them mm-hmm. so uh the outcropping of the, of of that creative moment the image that emerged out of that mm-hmm. is male and female. The overarching umbrella is mankind. Right. And I really think that that is what the psalmist is inquiring about here is not man based on a gender. Right, right. But what is mankind mm-hmm. that in the hierarchy of created beings, mm. why are you even considering him? Exactly. Right? Yes. Divine beings, angelic beings, man. What 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 am I even worthy of? Yeah. But the reality is, is I believe that we are something special to him. Yes. Because we're the only created entity that bears his image. And what greater honor is there than that? Right. And and not and and so even in in Genesis we see in the creative mind of God and and He's speaking things into existence. He speaks yes. the heavens, the the sun, moon, stars. He speaks them into yes. existence. But when it comes to man, He forms. He he yes. He literally takes the dust of the ground and He begins with His hands to form man. And so there is a distinction. We are not simply spoken into existence as everything else is. There is something unique about us from the very beginning, from the first man, Adam. Right. So good. Um, and, I, and I think it's important to, to introduce this at this juncture. The reality that we are a divine design. Mm. Evolution is, in my estimation, one of the one of the uh, most dangerous, eroding mm-hmm. poisons of society today. Yeah. Yes, yes. Com- coming out from that idea that man, from an evolutionist perspective, is just the result of some happenstance where. Two molecules yeah. collided together, and there is this massive explosion, and mm. 
and then then crawling out of the dustbin of chaos mm. comes this thing we've called man. Yeah, a primordial soup, they would say. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> yeah. Right. Okay, that that is no that's no minor difference between evolutionist and creationist. Mm-hmm. There's no that's not just a semantical difference. Right. Because the answer to the question, what is man, is absolutely rooted in the fact that God made me. Yeah, yeah. Mm. Is that worth anything to you? Wow, yeah. God got his hands involved with me. Mm. Wow. Okay? So on my lowest moments and in my darkest days, I can fall into the safety net of divine design. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it keeps me from falling into the dark abyss of what I believe even leads to suicidal tendencies, mm-hmm. depression that, that, that I can't even fathom why a 9, 10, 11-year-old, a 9-year-old child needs to be doing what your son was doing introducing yes. a podcast that his dad's put together yes, sir. not fighting depression mm, so true but because we don't know the answer to that question wow what is man it's fundamental it it is yeah. you cannot disconnect the answer to that question from any facet of life wow from any facet of life and if i could if I could take my little evolutionary rant to another level. Yes. I believe because we serve the creator. Mm -hmm. So everything that Satan does is a duplicate Mm -hmm. duplicator. He's, he's not a creator. He is a, a, a master duplicator. So he observes what God does Mm -hmm. and then tries to come up with the alternative. Yeah. Okay. So, when you see the concept of evolution, evolution is really a redemptive concept. Wow. It's not a demonic concept. Everything in the kingdom of this world is decreasing towards chaos. It's returning back right. to that lack of order. Right. But everything in the kingdom of God is increasing. Right. The of the increase of his government and peace, there shall be no end. Right. This kingdom is an evolving kingdom. So he reaches down and he picks us up mm. and he begins leading us uh-huh. from level to level. That's why it's called redemptive lift. Wow. Evolution is our concept. Wow. Wow. And, and, and to your point, they're both kingdoms are in the process of returning. So the world is trying to return to the chaos in the beginning. Yes. And the kingdom of God is to return to the state of Eden and that perfection, right? That he's trying to restore us to that perfection before the fall of man. And so there has to be a, a returning from both kingdoms, but what are we returning to? Yeah, okay. So you see this in Daniel, the second chapter. Mm. Nebuchadnezzar sees this image. Head of gold, chest of silver, 
um, I, I'm going from memory here, yeah, yeah. but but thighs, brass, mm-hmm. legs of iron, and then the feet are, I believe, clay mm-hmm. and iron. So notice this. This this is representative of that human government mm-hmm. of that other world. Right. This is a depiction of man mm-hmm. from the world's perspective. The the most valuable part of that image is at the top. Uh-huh. And when you look at it, there's a timeline that descends mm. by those kingdoms. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. We are living in the dispensation of iron and clay mix. Yeah. We're at the feet of the image. Which the so, rock hewn out of uh, a mountain without hands comes without and smokes. man's hands. <laughs> oh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> there it is. Wow. Right? Yes. Okay. So notice notice the very opposite of evolution is happening. Mm. It is gold, which is the most valuable. Then it's silver, which is a little less valuable. Mm-hmm. And then it's brass, which is that much more or less valuable. Yes. And then it's iron, mm. which is virtually, comparatively speaking to gold, right. worthless. Yeah, yeah. It's a de- it's a degenerative uh, returning to entropy. There is this there mm-hmm. is this decline from that which is valuable to becoming that which is worthless. Right, and so it is a return to dust. Yes, it is. It is starting from gold, returning to dust. Wow, from which we were made. We're, yeah, we're made absolutely, mm. absolutely. Wow. Notice what else it is. It's not just a decrease of value, but it's an increase of strength. Gold is the most malleable mm-hmm. of all of the metals in the image. Mm-hmm. Silver's a little harder to, to 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 break free from. Right. Brass is stiffer again. Iron is 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 what we use to hold people captive. Mm. Wow. Okay. So the longer you stay in the king in that kingdom. Mm-hmm. As a man in that kingdom, the more worthless you become oh, wow. and the more strong the hold gets on you. Wow. Because they have to keep you. Mm. You don't see the value in it, in it anymore. So the strength has to make up for the lack of value. Wow. Wow. Mm. Okay? Wow. Notice what happens with the kingdom of God. Yeah. We come in as dust. Yeah. And he keeps working on us oh my until it's iron, yeah. and then it's brass. Wow. And then as the word keeps the fire of the refining, yes, right? Yeah. We begin, we are the ones evolving. Uh, and before it's over, we're going to walk on streets of gold. My goodness, that's so good. <laughs> oh, that's so good. Wow. And you said entropy. Entropy, I've studied now, granted, I got a GED, okay? I barely got a GED. I'm not a smart guy, but I, I did, in, in just recently, in the last couple of years, I, I did some studying in uh, astronomy and uh, astrophysics and things like that. And so entropy uh, is a term that's thrown around a lot in, in, in that realm, uh, the scientific, scientific realm. And sure. they say that, you know, entropy is... is constantly getting you know returning to chaos it's more chaos and more chaos and the analogy they use is your room does not get cleaner it gets dirtier without intervention and so uh, 
right? So if my kids do not intervene by picking up their room, it will only get dirtier. It will not get cleaner. We too, without intervention, we are in that steady state of entropy where we decay and we become less valuable and less valuable. But through the blood of Jesus Christ and the redemptive work of Calvary, that is the yes. intervention that we had to have in order to become like him and able to walk on those streets of gold one day. Oh, that's yeah. so good. Yeah. Yeah. Entropy is absolutely it's, it's, it's amazing. I want I want to I want to flip this for a second if if you'd allow me to. So you mentioned Genesis one twenty seven, man created in the image of God. The first man, Adam. Adam uh, formed out of the dust of the ground. Um, when I studied, I looked into this a little bit, that, that the Hebrew for the name Adam that he was given uh, means to show blood in the face. And, and you could almost paint the picture of having rosy cheeks. You know, it's life inside of this man and to show blood in the face. And I got to thinking about this. If we, if man was created in the image of God, in the image of God, but God was a spirit. Well, and and Adam means to show blood in the face. How could a spirit have blood? It, it, that's not possible. And so I got to thinking. Well, how? What's the tie? How how is this tied together? And but I believe it's possible that God, in His creative uh, omnipresence and omniscience, uh, was looking all the way to Calvary. And he saw the blood in the face of Jesus on that tree, himself robed in flesh, hanging on a tree for you and for me. And I believe that uh, that this is why Adam got the name Adam, because it it means blood in the face. And, and, and it's a possibility. I don't know. That's, that is very interesting to me. Uh, while you were saying that, I just pulled this up. Uh, in my Bible program. So show blood in the face, uh, flush, turn rosy, mm-hmm. or Rudy, mm-hmm. R-U-D-D-Y. Mm-hmm. Check this out. So David yeah. Yeah. is known yep. as when, when he's coming in the line, God speaks to the prophet and says, "Hey, he's he see that Rudy boy right there? Yeah. That's the one." Yeah, the woman. <laughs> and he's the one who asked the question. Yes, he is. What is man? What is man? <laughs> oh, it's all tied together. The Isn't that crazy? And he's he's also happens to be the the one that had the key that Jesus said, oh, "I'm a, I'm of the key of David." Uh, wow. So I'm um, I. I would have no problem making that and, and you making that application from this standpoint that I do not believe Calvary is uh, the concoction of a plan B to a defunct plan A. No, no, it is plan A. It is plan A. Yeah. I do not believe that he looked at the world and went, where can I put a cross? Mm. I believe he built an entire universe around it wow yeah yeah the epicenter Mm. of the whole thing is the lamb slain from 
before the foundation yes. of the world. Yeah. And we, we've got to understand that. It, the, the scripture doesn't say the lamb slain after the foundation. Yeah. From before the foundation. Before. Mm-hmm. And and so this this, this, this precedes was, any sin. Yes. It was it was already in the works. Yeah. Mm. Mm. Absolutely. The if if I could just throw this in mm-hmm. at, at before we move on. I really think that this discussion again of what is man. Yeah. I think it's important that we that we throw this into that defi- the, the 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 attempt to define mm-hmm. what the psalmist is saying. Yeah. So God, as you so ably uh, brought in, got his hands involved. Yes. With the formation of man. Yes. Mankind. Mm-hmm. He created a male. Then out of Adam's side, he creates the female. So Adam and Eve, male and female, when it says he created them in his image, male and female created he them. Yeah. I believe that it takes the both the male and the female to adequately, they are a composite, if you will, of what the image of God looks like. Wow, yeah. Because notice what he says to mankind. The commission, the commission Mm -hmm. from the beginning is be fruitful. Yeah. Replenish, Mm -hmm. multiply, Mm -hmm. an abject impossibility for Adam by himself. That's right. An abject impossibility for Eve by herself. Right. God is the only entity who from within himself can mm. create without any outside input whatsoever. Wow. <laughs> wow. So in order for us who are created in his image to be able to replicate that fruitfulness, we need others, and it is male and female. Mm-hmm. That is why I believe there is such a concerted attack on what is man and what is woman. Yeah. And in this moment, I'm talking gender. Right. So under the overarching umbrella of mankind, we now we now are distilling this down to what is a man and what is a woman. And the attack by society to make the female more masculine and to feminize the masculine Mm. to blur the distinction of what a true biblically defined man is Uh and what a true biblically defined woman is is not just uh, some fleeting progressive ideology. No, it's an attack. I believe it's an attack. On God. It is. It is a resistance Mm. against the image of God. It is. It is a direct attack against the image of God. That's amazing. 
It is. Wow. So it's it's Satan's attempt. Yeah. Because every time he sees a man who looks like a man, acts like a man, mm. dresses like a man, and a woman who looks, acts, and dresses like a woman, and we see them together, we see God. Yeah. Wow. wow. It's God. Mm. Together. They are both together reflecting this is what mankind is. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. So it's hard. It, 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 it's it's you say, well, what difference is this? No, this is important to the discussion. Yes, it is. Because that, to us, may be simplistic uh, reality mm-hmm. is really not a simple thing. Right. And we are revealing to the world this is what man is. Right. And it's not a redefining. We're, we're not redefining. Mm-hmm. We are simply... Uh, um, restating what was from the beginning and to do anything less than that would be to rob God of his perfect will to be done. Well, okay. You, you've, you've raised a point that is so key because we got to leave God's image alone. Mm. We are created in his image. That's right. So when we start changing that image, we think we're God. Oh, wow. Mm. Okay. So, and this leads us, Brother Teal, to another dimension of the discussion, which is the confusion of likeness and equality. Mm. Likeness must never be confused with equality. Yeah. Notice, Notice the serpent's subtle... Uh, attack on Eve. You are made yeah. in the likeness of God. He said, don't you want to be like? But he's awakening something in her mm. that says, I don't just want to be made in God's image, but I want to be equal with God. Wow. We can never confuse the honor of being made in his likeness yeah. to elevate us in our own mind to thinking that we are equal with God. Wow. I may look like God, but I am not God. Yeah, that's right. That's right. So likeness and equality are to vastly, I'm God. Mm. This is just, this, this is who I am. And so I, when, when I'm God, you, you see, when, when I'm made in the likeness of God, I'll leave the tree alone. Wow. And I'll be obedient. But when I think I'm equal with God, I'll eat whatever tree I want to eat. Wow. Mm. Wow. And notice how this gets a hold of mankind so quick. Okay? So the breakdown of this is God comes to them, and they immediately... When they realize, okay, we ate this fruit and it revealed stuff about us, and we're still men. We're not God. Mm. Okay? Notice the next thing that they did. After stitching together what we later find out to be an inadequate covering. Yes. So that's a, that's a great concept in and of itself is it's good for us to know that 
what we natively think is a covering mm-hmm. is not meet the threshold of what God deems a covering to be. That's right. So we we see a phenomenon here of two of two elements that become guiding principles for the church for the rest of her existence, mm-hmm. and that is blood, yep, redemption, mm-hmm. and holiness. Wow. Covering nakedness. So the, the blood covered the disobedience, oh, wow. but the coat covered the nakedness. My goodness. And he didn't just deal with the sin. He dealt with the shame. Wow. Okay. So mankind, and this is all, this is all rooted in what is man. When he looks at Adam and Eve standing there, the, the, the load of guilt, he judges them. He says, Eve, listen. You're going to produce a man-child, and your seed is going to bruise. The, the, the heel will bruise the head mm-hmm. of the serpent. Right. Okay. So in other words, using from our perspective, you're going to give birth to the Messiah. You're going to give birth to a Savior. Mm-hmm. Notice how quick she thinks that happens. Cain is born, and she immediately says, I have gotten a man-child from the Lord. Wow. I mm. got him. Adam, yeah. this is the answer. Yeah, yeah. Wow. Right? And I believe that she, okay, it's noted in Scripture that she said that. You know very well that she talks to Cain about it. Mm-hmm. Cain, you are the answer to our prayer. Wow. We we were disobedient, Cain, but you're our redeemer. You are our Messiah. Wow. So Cain begins growing up with a misappropriated identity of who he is. Mm. Mm. Cain thinks he's God. And so the bug that bit Eve is now transferred again to the next generation. Yeah, I was about to say, it sounds very familiar. It doesn't it? It does. Sounds just like mom. Wow. Wow. I'm equal with God. Notice what happens. Him and his brother decide to go offer sacrifice for worship. Yeah. Abel's sacrifice is accepted. Cain's is rejected. Cain is infuriated. Why would God refuse this sacrifice? Does he not know who I am? Wow. I'd accept a sacrifice like this. Mm-hmm. And Cain is now wrestling with that God complex again because he doesn't know who man is. Wow. Man is not God. Man needs God. Man is not creator. Man is created. And man may be in the image of God and may be in the likeness of God, but man is not equal with God. Wow. Wow. That is mind-boggling. The concept from the beginning to where we are now is to see the all the the 
interwovenness, if that's a, a word or term I can use. And that's why I believe the scripture says that pride goeth before destruction. We see that with with Cain. Pride, if it enters in and we begin to exalt ourselves and we want to not just be like the most high, but to be the most high, then yes. destruction is sure to follow. And we see that even before, and some people would, I won't get into the debate about when this happened, uh, but we see this with Lucifer. Yes. Right? He, oh, that 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 worship that we're given to God, that, that looks pretty nice. I, I would like to have that. I could use some of that. I could use that. some of that. And so in the process of self-exalting was cast down, destruction. Yes. And one thing that I'd love to note about Lucifer is it's, I found it unique and interesting that he was unwilling to reflect the goodness of God back to him as creator, as almighty. And mm-hmm. when you don't reflect, you absorb Right when you so that's what darkness is. That's what the color yeah. black is. Black right. absorbs light; it doesn't reflect it, and so right. that's why I believe that he is the prince of the darkness. Is because he was consuming so and absorbing what he should have been reflecting, mm. thus ultimate destruction. Okay, so let let me let me throw this at you in the context of what you just said Romans chapter 1 talks about this Mm. and so let let me just read it Romans chapter 1 and verse 20 for the invisible things of him from the creation of the world Mm. are clearly seen being understood by the things that are made even his eternal power and Godhead, so that they are without excuse. Because that when they knew God, mm-hmm. they glorified him not as God. Wow. That's when it happened. Neither were thankful, but became vain in their imagination. Wow. And their foolish heart was darkened. Yeah. Professing themselves to be wise, yeah. Yeah. they became fools. Notice. And changed the glory of the uncorruptible God into an image made like to corruptible men. So, here's a question. Wow. What is the glory of God? Hmm. Paul tells us what it is in 1 Corinthians 11th chapter. Man. He said that a woman's uncut hair is her glory. Mm-hmm. That a woman is the glory of the man, mm-hmm. and that man is the glory of God. Yeah, yeah, wow. So here he says, we're changing the glory wow. of the uncorruptible God. That means we're changing man. Wow. We're changing the definition of who he is. Oh, my goodness. Wow. And we are changing him. What is that? The created. That that man is, is a created one. Yeah. Now, he's created in the likeness of God, Mm -hmm. 
But now we're creating him to a point and recreating him, changing him after an image made like corruptible men. Wow. So at this point, we're not being creator anymore. We are being the created. Wow. Rather, we're being the creator. We are not happy to be the created. We want to be the creator. Wow. Wow. Mm. So do you see how what comes out of that, Brother Teal, is every wicked thing, reprobate mind, doing that which is not convenient, Mm -hmm. being filled with all unrighteousness, fornication, wickedness, covetousness. Wow. Yeah. When When we step out of who we are, the definition of who we are, and we step into the role of trying to create things in our image after our likeness, we open Pandora's box. Mm. Yeah, so true. So true. And so from the beginning, we've established God's plan A, not plan B, but God's plan A, his only plan was the redemptive work on Calvary. And God was yes. willing to become sin, oh, yes. man, uh-huh. yes. to, to make an atonement for sin, the sins of mankind, all in the name of love for man. Oh, yes. I mean, is that, to me, that, that blows my mind. And there's, it's all throughout the scripture. The whole book is about love. But the fact, and, it, and it's really wrapped up and encapsulated in the one scripture, it says that while we were yet sinners, yes, he died yes. for us. Yes. Man, fallen humanity. Mankind, he he died for us while we were yet sinners. What an amazing God we serve, Pastor McKillop. And what a what a testament to the depth of love that he had. He he didn't love me so much that he sent somebody else to die for me. Right. Would you do that with your son? Absolutely not. No father would. No father would. Yeah, and that, you know, I was. I, go ahead. Go ahead. I, I was having this conversation just yesterday with some of our leaders, talking about this very thing. Mm-hmm. We have no problem saying that those that that uh, offered their children to the fires of Molech mm-hmm. were demonically motivated. That was that was a spirit from hell that would drive them to sacrifice their children. Yet somehow it was some divine act of love for God to send his son. Mm. Wow. Yeah. God loved us enough that he became man. That's right. Yeah. That just feels entirely different, man. It does. It, it takes on a whole new meaning. Yeah. 
if I if somebody's got to sacrifice, I'm not going to say to my son, my nine year old son, oh, you know, I would do it, but you know, I've got all this stuff to do. I've got God's stuff to do. So you go, you know, yeah. I, I would never. I would say no. If there is a distinction, which we know scripturally, there is. There's no different personalities. There is one God, right? One Father. Right. His name is Jesus. And so, yes. but even if there was, what kind of a father would say, I'll stay, you go? Yeah. That's not, that's not the way that God would operate. And if he was, he wouldn't be a, a God worth serving. Right. 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 So, so let me, let me, I know we're running shorter on time. I don't want to be disrespectful of your time, but uh, I want to get your thoughts on this. Genesis 2 and 7, God formed man out of the dust of the ground. We've, we've alluded to this, talked about this. Genesis mm-hmm. 3 and 14, the serpent was sentenced to crawl on its belly and mm-hmm. eat the dust of the ground, the very thing that man was formed of. And I, yes. and I, I read this, and I, and I was thinking... I, I wonder if there is a correlation between the thing that God used to form man and then he spoke to the serpent and said, that's the very thing that you're going to go and eat the rest of your days. Yeah, I, I don't think that that's a misappropriation at all. Um, you know, there's one thing that I believe that... that that Satan wants besides my soul. Mm. Mm-hmm. He wants my flesh. Yeah, of course. We have the one thing that he doesn't have. Yeah. Right. And we often say that this flesh that we're, that, that we, that, that, that he formed us from the dust of the ground, this, mm. this earthen vessel yeah. that we have, yeah. if we're not careful because of the lust of the flesh and, and the warring of the flesh and of the spirit will curse our flesh. Mm, yeah. And we'll fail to understand that our flesh is the vehicle that gives us access to redemption. Yes. Yes, sir. Without it, we're not savable. Mm. True. If sa- that is why Satan tries so hard to possess people. Yeah. He wants a tabernacle of dust. Yeah. Oh, my. Wow. Yeah. That's what he wants. Yes. Yeah. Wow. He so, wants it. And when he gets in there for that fleeting moment, he looks like God. He feels like wow. God. He's, wow. He is, he is, by some demented, twisted way, mm. he's morphing into what he was striving to be before he was kicked out of heaven. Yeah, that's right. That's right. We we must be careful not to allow the devil to consume our potential. Oh, so if he so if he, if he good. is you know God said you you'll go crawl on your belly you'll eat the dust of the ground. But we can look at that spiritually and say that now his mm-hmm. his goal is to consume the very mm-hmm. potential that we harness for the things of God. We must be careful with that and understand that. That is so good. 
Absolutely. I like it. Yeah. So let me, I, I've got so many notes, but I, I've got to skip down here. I want to, I just want to touch a few more things that, that, because I don't know if we'll, if I'll have this opportunity again. So I want to make sure that I take full advantage of the oh. wisdom that you're bringing to the table today. Uh, I, I mentioned uh, before we hit the record button that, you know, in Genesis six and six, this is outlined. Man is often, it's often said that man is uh, God's most prized possession. He values us above all other creation, the sun, moon, stars, the vastness of the universe. That's great, but mankind is his most valued possession. But with that being said, as I was studying this, it dawned on me that we are also his only regret that I can find scripturally. We are his most prized possession, but also his only regret because I can't find anywhere in the scripture, Pastor McKillop, where it says that he regretted making the Milky Way galaxy or he regretted making the stars. He, but we do find scripturally okay. that he, it repented the Lord that he made man. And so there's this mm. battle with mankind. He loves us for God so loved the world, mankind, that he gave his only yes. begotten son. He gave himself. But also, there is a, a, a warring that we see that God, uh, you know, mankind can push God to a place where he repented that he had even made them. That is so good. And, and, and as you were uh, unpacking that, my mind immediately went to what God was willing to do in the frame of mind of judging mm. He was willing to flood all of his other creation. Oh, wow. To exterminate the 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 evil and wickedness yeah. that that meant the man he had made yeah. and subsequently repented that he had made wow. was was performing on the earth. That's quite a that's quite a thing. He was willing to flood everything else. He was. I, I think you could attest to this as well in that father-son relationship. There's nobody that can hurt you like someone that you love the dearest. Oh, absolutely. So true. So I think the regret that he had was connected to the love that he has oh, for us. wow. Yeah. Yeah. A stranger can There's, say something about me and, you mm, know, it's water off my back. I don't care. But my right. family... Yeah. I love there's ones. nobody that could disappoint God like we can. Wow. Wow. And you know, we're given a unique ability as a child of God in that all of creation, the I spoke about the vastness of the universe and it is a big mm-hmm. universe. It's a lot yes. going on out there. We're not, yes. you know, we're not the yes. only thing. Uh, there's a lot of things out there, and so, but, but all of these things do and have done exactly without fail what he told them to do. Mm. No argument, no resistance. He tells the planets to stay in orbit. 
they stay in orbit. He says, star, shine mm. from this time to this time, and it does exactly what he says to do without fail. But we humans, we have this, this fatal flaw about ourselves that we think that we can tell God, I've heard what you told me to do, but yet I will choose to go another way. And when that, that, that's the spirit of Lucifer who says, you, you've called me to reflect your goodness back to you. You've called me to worship you, but yet I want to do my own thing. And when that spirit gets in us, it's not mankind that God hates. It's the evil that gets inside of mankind I believe that he wanted to wipe off the face of this planet. Yeah, it's 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 the classic love the the, the sinner and hate the sin. Yeah, yeah. So I, I think the, a derivative of everything that you're saying is, although this is so simplistic, is the obedience disobedience factor. Mm-hmm. And and I know we we're we're running on time here, but but. We, I think it's a misnomer when we call it a free will because it's one of the most costly things we have mm, yeah. if, it is, if it's not handled properly. Mm-hmm. So he has given us the power of conscience and free will, yeah. knowing we can use it to resist him. Knowing we, That's what we have that no other planets have, that no other, no other elements of the created world has, free will. Yeah. So we, we make this, well, I guess with the exception of the angels, but they have no redemptive component. Right, right. So, so we're, we're unique in the sense that we have free will, but we can be redeemed. Mm-hmm. So, so I think in the first Adam, the last Adam comparison contrast is you have the first man, Adam, losing the battle at a tree and disobeying and consuming the forbidden. And becoming sin. Yeah. That's what that's what happened right. yeah. is is Adam disobeyed at the tree and became a sinner. Yes. The comparison and contrast of Jesus Christ, the last man, Adam, is that he came and he learned mm-hmm. obedience. Yeah. Yeah. So obedience becomes the unraveling of the chaotic mess that disobedience threw us into. Wow. And so now, now Adam number two mm-hmm. goes back to a tree and becomes sin. Wow. Wow. But through obedience, he was obedient to the cross. Yes, he was. So by one man's sin, yeah. disobedient. By one man's disobedience, sin entered the world. But by one man's obedience, mm-hmm. many were made righteous. Wow. The role of obedience is one of the most underrated, simplistic, foundational elements of being a man. Yeah. Yeah. Consider this. I understand the role that faith plays in the miraculous. Mm-hmm. We have to have faith. Yes. But but I ask you to consider it. Just consider this. How many of the miracles do you know that were a result of faith or were a result of obedience? Mm. Stretch forth your hand. Yeah. If he'd have never done it, it had never been healed. That's true. Go wash in the pool. Yeah. If he'd have never done it, 
Yeah. Right. Cast your net. Take up your, yeah. Cast your net. Take up your bed. Yep. Yep. Go dip in the water seven times. True. These are all, these are all hinge points of the miraculous. Wow. You can believe all you want, but you better be able to obey. Mm. Wow. Obedience is better than sacrifice. Then, <laughs> I think that's that's right, Cain. Yeah. That's exactly right. Yeah, yeah. It's all, <laughs> and it goes back all the way. It goes back. Wow. So everything, uh, Brother Teal, that we have, everything. I've said this often, okay? He looked at man and said, this man have I, this people have I created. Why? To show forth. Yeah. My praise. Yeah. Everything that he created does exactly what he said, just like you mentioned a moment ago. Mm-hmm. Everything. There is not a tree that if he says burn, won't burn. Right. Right. It's out of the scope of its normalcy. It's not in in the scope of its ability to, to make it happen on its own. Mm-hmm. But it doesn't resist it. Yeah. Ah, you want to burn me? Go ahead. Yeah. Oh, you don't want me to be consumed? No mm. problem. I won't be consumed. Wow. I'll just burn and not be consumed. Wow. Okay? Even if it's against my nature. That's right. Obedience. Even if it's against my nature, I'll yeah. do it. And whatever he touches responds to him. When he descends on a mountain, it'll shake. Mm. When he descends on a donkey, it'll talk. When he, yeah. whatever he touches. Yeah. He touches the, the waters, they split. Absolutely. Yeah. Because he created it. We know that from Colossians. Yeah. yeah. Everything that you see, yeah. he created it. The only thing he created that has the ability to resist him is us. Man. Man. Wow. And he created everything. He created me just like he created the mountains. Sure. But he done something for me that he never did for the mountains. That's right. He never he didn't die for the mountain. He died. <laughs> he didn't. Oh wow. So God forbid that that mountain will quake more when he touches oh, it yeah. than when he touches me. Yeah. Lest the rock he's done something cry yeah, out for exactly. us. Exactly. <laughs> I am not going to let mm. some something else he created that he never died for. Wow. Give him something that he created and died for. Come on. A replacement. No. Wow. Yes, sir. Wow. What is man? He is an engine for praise. He needs to open his mouth and let it go. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. My goodness. That's so good, Pastor McKillop. Let me me read these uh, scriptures uh, in closing. And, and I'll let you have the end remarks here. Philippians 2, 5 through 8. Philippians 2, 5 through 8 says, Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, who being in the form of God, thought it not robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation and <laughs> took upon him the form of a servant and was made in the likeness of men and being found in fashion as a man he humbled himself and became obedient unto death even the death of the cross well i think you just summed up everything that we've we've been talking about yes, sir you notice those two words in there equality and likeness yeah yeah thought it not robbery to be equal with god that's right 
but came in the likeness of us. Mm. Wow. I think it's Joan Ewing that wrote the song that Merle Ewing sang. He saw me. And that line that to me so encapsulates what we're talking about is that when he saw me, He knew that if I was to become like him, he would have to become like me. Wow. Wow. That's amazing. That should make you want to shout. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Man. Pastor McKillop, I cannot thank you enough for uh, extending to not only myself, but all those who would hear this conversation, the wisdom, the, the, the knowledge that you have of the Word of God. Um, thank you so much for, for, for doing this and taking the time to have this conversation. Uh, I, I, I am blessed. I am blessed by it. It has been an honor to be with you. And, uh, man, I've enjoyed the conversation so much. And so thank you very much. i got to say, I also noticed the book you have on your shelf. You see that? I enjoy it. I love it. It's a great, great read. I'm I'm loving every minute of it. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Bishop's Ramblings. Go pick that up. Um, King, what what's the uh, website where they can pick up a copy of this? Kingdomspeak.ca. Okay, pick that up, and also uh, go follow Kingdom Speak podcast. You will not be disappointed. More content, and and this is just the the tip of the iceberg. Uh, of what you will find at Kingdom Speak Podcast. Go and and check that out. Um, follow them on Twitter, any social media platform that you can. Uh, and, and again, Pastor McKillop, thank you so much for your time. And uh, I, I'm just so excited, so excited. I'm grateful for your time. And I can't wait to hopefully speak with you again in the future one day. But until then... We pray in for all of you in Canada and praying for all the listeners that God would bless you all. And we will be talking to you next time on the Disciples Dialogue.